Hey, good morning, everybody, and welcome back to another edition of Marketing and Coffee. Today, we have Jason on the show with us. Jason, how are you doing today? Doing great, Andrew. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Awesome. It's a pleasure to have you on. It's finally nice to meet you. Um, you know, for some of these podcast episodes, our guests will come from this, I don't know, what's it called, matchmaking platform, where we yeah, all network. And, yeah, it's kind of like a podcasting directory. Um, and we just, we look for people... And, you know, they look for our show and Jason's profile popped up. It had a lot about SEO and a lot of really interesting, like things that he's done in marketing. And I was like, I'm so excited to talk with you. We finally got you on. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm happy to be here. It's really awesome. And we'll never skip out on an opportunity to just lay back, nerd out about SEO and marketing. And, and yeah, no, thanks for having me. Absolutely. Yeah. It's nice to just talk about stuff for once and not be worrying about a deadline. So uh, to kick it off, what are you drinking this morning? I have a fake coffee, but it's a uh, sparkling water uh, in my hedgehog mug. Um, so I can pretend it's coffee. It's uh, quadruple espresso filling up this giant mug. Sure. The secret is out now in the show that we record some of these in the afternoon. But it's still funny because sometimes it'll be 5.30. Like yesterday, we recorded an episode at 5.30. And somebody pulled out their mug that had four shots of espresso in it. <laughs> and I was like, it's 5.30. You don't have to. You can just, and they're like, no, I do this every day. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot out there about the effects caffeine can have on your sleep. And for some people, it can have dramatic effects. And for some people, it doesn't do anything. Fall asleep, no problems. I wish I had that gene. <laughs> that would be nice. Yeah. Yeah. So Jason, tell us a little bit about yourself, how your journey started into marketing and what you're doing now. Yeah. So uh, essentially I'm the founder and SEO director of Break the Web, which is a search marketing agency that is completely remote. We primarily focus and what we're known for is SEO and content, helping bring in non-branded traffic from organic search. And it all started back when I was a personal trainer, uh, 13, 12, 13 years now at this point. And I was tired of being reliant on new memberships from the gym I was working at to be a lead source. And I was thinking of different ways. And I was like, what if I'm on Google and people are typing in personal trainer NYC? And I didn't even know there's an actual market industry vertical there. And that's when I learned about SEO, started getting into the nitty gritty things that were involved. Uh, again, it was very different back then. And it's kind of just become an obsession since then. Things have just changed dramatically. and left personal training and started expanding, freelancing, and then growing from there. That's a very cool journey. You know, I feel like a lot of people in marketing, like it's personal for me too. Like I didn't start in marketing. It just kind of came across me and I just decided to apply it to other industries and, you know, try helping other people with it. And it's just so satisfying once you start like actually learning about, oh, well, that's what keyword means. That's what SEO actually stands for. Like, I don't know what it was like for you. Like for me, I just started changing titles and I was like, oh, cool. We're getting more views. I must be doing something right. And then, Yeah, especially like yeah. when, you, when you're, you use Google, you use the search engines, whether it's like AltaVista or Dogpile, <laughs> you know, you, you don't really question why something might be there, why something might be at the top. And then you start getting into the nitty gritty and kind of the metrics and things that cause a website to rank towards the top. You're like, wait a minute, I can influence this? And that could be good or bad, you know, in any context. 
So I don't think I have as deep of an SEO background as you do. So I apologize if I ask a question that no. you know, doesn't make sense, but I'm going to do my best. So what are, let's say I'm a business owner. I, I've never heard of SEO before. You know, I feel like that's pretty common. It's a marketing term that a lot of people throw around. But when you go to make an SEO upgrade on your website, you don't see a lot of immediate results. So what would you say to that business owner why it's important to focus on your SEO and your rankings? Yeah, it's more of a long-term strategy, SEO. It requires a lot of patience. It requires a lot of continuous execution. But the main priority and the main goal, and of course, having a strategy and data to back this up, is that when you start executing, you may not see a direct impact immediately, but a couple of months, sometimes even a couple of weeks down the road, or like you said, Sometimes just changing a title might do wonders for your for your uh, positioning. The goal is that as you keep enhancing your brand, you keep publishing new pages, whether it's content, whether it's service pages, you just keep ranking and keep showing up and uh, just allows for growth and also helps you save money without having to spend more of a budget on paid advertising if you are looking for people. And people are going to going to search with an, in, an intent. You know, they're making a query on the search engines for a specific reason. And if you're there to match that search intent, there's a higher chance you will convert to whatever the next stage of the funnel might be or check out whatever it might be. I think that's a great point. A lot of people don't realize how often somebody will just search blah, blah, blah service near me and how important raking high on that is, even if it's not exactly what you offer. That's yeah, what you're looking for. And most, especially local business owners have a big distrust towards local platforms like Yelp. And Yelp is known for its shady practices to small businesses, whether it's changing phone numbers, whether it's having full control or, uh, and how they handle leads through their programs and stuff. Uh, so being there, whether it's in Google Maps, the local listings, organically, there's a better chance people are going to call you, especially if you're right there. It's easy. Yeah, would you recommend that a local business owner create a, you know, Google My Business page or get listed? Like how difficult I mean, is that for someone? The execution of it and getting a page, it's actually fairly simple. In most cases, you sign up for, they keep changing the name, it's Google Business Profiles now. Um, they're changing the name of everything, I'm sure you saw they just changed the name of Google Data Studio, like last week to Looker Studio. In really? any case, yeah. Oh yeah. my God. Google, stop. Just keep it the same so we don't get confused. <laughs> it just sounds like a bad branding decision if they were wanting to increase the value of the entity of Google. But in any case, uh, Google business profiles are fairly simple to set up. What you do is sign up, enter your address, some basic information, and they'll send you a postcard with a pin. You verify that pin on the dashboard again, and there you go. You can start optimizing away. It's free. It's easy to use. You could enhance that visibility as well by paying for ads and you can get Google map uh, placements towards the top as well. Of course, everything is pay to play, but it absolutely is something that if you do service a local area, whether you have a storefront or not, there's an option to have that Google business profile and hide your address. If for example, your business might be legally located at your home, but maybe you're a repair service and you go to other people's homes, you can hide your address too. I did see a very cool study. It was talking about how local businesses can really take advantage of this. They don't understand like how many people, even in your own community are just searching for things. You know, you might have the name recognition, 
but your sales could be even higher. Say if it's a very touristy town where people are coming in for the weekend, if it's, you know, a growing population in the town, you know, younger population. I mean, even if it's a small community and it takes a culmination of maybe 20, 30 minutes in total to create that profile. And if there may not be some demands in terms of the data points, if somebody searches, at least you'll be there. Absolutely. Would you recommend that people post to that page? I know there's an option to like post articles or updates. Yeah, if you have something to share, by all means, very similar to any other social media platform. If, um, you know, outside like, for maybe like service-based businesses, like local repair stuff, I don't know how many people are scouting out the Facebook and Instagrams of those businesses, but Google business profile posts do have the opportunity to show up in search as well. So that can be added visibility if you do have something to share discounts, deals, specials. So when talking about like social profiles in general, does ranking, does ranking higher using like Facebook or Twitter's algorithm, getting more visibility for your business on those platforms, does that play into your listings on Google at all or your rankings? Unfortunately, not a direct impact. Uh, by that, I mean, there's nothing that you can do algorithmically to increase, like on Facebook, for example, to increase your positioning in Google. An indirect correlation might be somebody sees your post, maybe they link to your article on their blog, and that'll pass SEO value back to your website, but that's kind of more of an indirect association. So how would you recommend that somebody try to build uh, their backlinks or you know, getting their website linked on others? Yeah, uh, first off, have something to share. You know, a lot of, unless you're paying for it most of the time, links need to be earned. So you want to create kind of uh, what we might call a linkable asset, a content piece that's really honing in on what a given uh, demand or topic might be in search, top of the funnel, kind of informational, and just reach out to publishers. Say, hey, uh, and on a very simple uh, level, hey, I know you're linking out and mentioning this, re uh, mentioning this topic. We actually have a really good resource on it, uh, if you want to include it, here's a link. And that unfortunately becomes a numbers game because it's, I mean, that specifically is a very overused and potentially, or has been known to be very spammy, that specific tactic, but it's really just building relationships with publishers and people in your network. If you are a local business, local charities, you know, fund a 5K and join local organizations that can also help bring some really good link value. So when you're writing things like, you know, blog posts, white pages, um, for your website, it's important to include those keywords that are getting visible. How do you find the balance of creating a readable article, but also including like phrases and keywords that play well to the algorithm? Yeah, so the way we phrase it and look at things is less playing to the algorithm, but more playing to the user. Again, identifying the intent and then uh, analyzing the competitors. The competitors would be maybe the top 20 results that appear on search for that term. What are they writing about? What topics are they honing in on? What can you do to expand on it if there is potential there? And then using that information, typically you might be including the keywords naturally in a, in a way that lets the content flow, but user first, that's really like the old school SEO stigma was throw the keyword in a million times, and then you have really hard to read content, really crappy content, repetitive content. Uh, it just stinks from a user quality standpoint. And thankfully, and thankfully, Google has advanced. So for example, if we're providing 
a content brief ourselves to an in-house writer. Our content brief will have everything that the writer would need to write the content their way, but also how they can include SEO in naturally, what topics to cover, what angles to hit, things to mention, and it's based on a competitive analysis versus just build a keyword in 12 times. That's amazing. Yeah, I work with a um, I work with an agency and we always come across these websites with old, old SEO targeted, you know, content that was created maybe 10 years yeah. ago, 12 years and ago. The keyword would be in bold and <laughs> yeah, yep, it's in bold. You can't read the damn thing. If I was a customer, I would click off right away. It's crazy to see how far Google has come in making sure that they're promoting content that people stay on the page, navigate well and you know make it easy for them to get any information they need yeah they, they kind of have to you know they get money through ads that's no secret that's pretty much why they are where they are now but user trust is a big thing and if they fail to provide quality information or even continue to evolve as technology evolves then people will just simply use trust and then go elsewhere i mean no one really wants to use bing <laughs> i mean some, some places use bing um you know, Google does have really good search results sometimes, uh, for the most part, as long as you're not typing in something weird or obscure. So a big part of it is trust. You know, they have to continue building and earning users' trust. So let's, we were talking about Google business, uh, Google My Business a little bit earlier. Um, let's say you're a bit, you're a business owner, you have a limited amount of time, but you do want to invest a bit more into SEO. You don't have, let's say, just for practicality sake, you don't have the budget to hire an agency to do it for you. What are some of the few things that you can do as a business, um, whether it's on your website, on your blog posts, to help increase your ranking over time? Yeah, um, if, you're, if you just have a budget of time to implement versus, and maybe it's an hour at night, every night uh, for a little bit, there's a lot of really good checklists online of like things that you can do from an on-page SEO perspective. So we talk about the content, the titles, the information on a page, that would all be considered on-page SEO, which is 50% of the game, where the other 50% would be off-page SEO, kind of like links and building trust. And on-page SEO is really focused on the relevance, you know, really hone in on that thematic relevance of that page, but then on, on another level, the site overall. So. Get like, I would probably Google like on-page SEO checklist. And there's a bunch of things that you'll probably see that you may be missing, whether it's optimizing the page titles to get that click from search. Again, being somewhere is great, but if nobody's clicking on your listing because you don't have an engaging page title and your competitors do, then they're gonna get that click and all your time is wasted. So between page titles, maybe descriptions, the actual content of the page, the format, the layout, uh, the speed of the page, those are things I'd probably consider initially so i would recommend scrolling past all the ads for the articles you're going to get when you first search it unless jason's name pops up then click yeah <laughs> oh yeah i mean i click on ads sometimes too if it like really hones in or some, uh, if i type in a branded keyword which is fine uh i may accidentally click on the branded ad um which i'm like okay that's why they're there anyways <laughs> you know so yeah, I mean, you can click on ads or you can skip it or you can find me. <laughs> it's been funny. I don't know what it's like for you, but like since I've been in marketing full time, everything has been ruined for me. Every time I go on Google and I search something, every time I scroll through Instagram and I see a cool shirt, 
I'm like, somebody put together a plan to get this where it is. <laughs> and I can't enjoy it as much as I would have before. Yeah, like uh, when you search for something like a product or whatever, and then you start getting hit by lookalike audiences, like yeah. similar products that are not the one you search for. You're like, yep, yeah, uh, I'm a I'm a consumer here, I guess. And I'm just a, a data point, technically. When I know a company does their branding really well is when it gets me. Because there are a couple of times where, like, especially for sports, like, they can take all my money. I just, I get sucked in. And I'm like, oh, yeah. well, you guys did a good job. I'm just promoting, you know, your good marketing efforts. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm a huge sucker, too. I think the recent, like, impulsive retargeting buy I bought was I'm very big into, like, yoga and stretching. Some weird uh, yoga strap that I can do to lift my leg up, you know. <laughs> And it probably, I think it cost like $17. Once I got the product, I saw it was all in Chinese. So it was drop shipped. And I yep. was like, I probably could have got this on Alibaba for like $4, maybe even less. Uh, but I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm a sucker. I get it, man. We talked about like a small business, somebody with not a huge SEO budget. Um, let's say you're a business who's ready to take that next step with SEO and invest more into your budget. What are some of the key things that you should be looking for? Um, looking to focus on, whether that's blog posts, page content, or is it a variety of everything? I would probably first take a step back and analyze the market, see what demand is out there for first bottom of the funnel. What are people typing in that will directly lead to you making more revenue? So whether you have a service provider, what services pages that have really nice catchy call to actions like your phone number or form, or a product page, if you're selling something online, what type of demand and what are people typing in? After understanding kind of what the market might be typing in at all different stages, you can analyze and aim to create content that matches. Again, if someone's typing in super cheap, weird yoga straps, then it's probably best to optimize your uh, product page. But if someone says how to properly use a yoga strap, probably best to hit that with a content piece. So. Analyze the demand, identify the search intent, see what Google is showing in the search results for that specific keyword, and that'll give you an idea of the intent. Is it product pages, category pages, service pages, home pages, and then aim to optimize a close enough page on your site to that. Well, Jason, it was an absolute pleasure having you on the show today. I really appreciate all of your insights as well. I feel like our audience is going to get a lot from this interview. So thank you for being so open and sharing everything. Um, I just want to give you a couple minutes here. If somebody's interested in taking the next step in SEO, um, where can they find you, whether that's social media or your website? Yeah, you can find me on, uh, I don't really do much social outside of LinkedIn. So Jason Berkowitz, or you can just simply Google Break the Web. Perfect. Thank you very much, Jason. Um, I've got one last question for you. Where did Thor's yeah. Hammer come from? It's actually branded. Uh, I got that years Seriously. ago. Yeah, here, I'll show you. Um, I never hesitate to take an opportunity. I was buying a, a hammer that I thought would be cool online. Yeah, copywriter came up with a really good tagline. And I was like, oh, is that copyrighted? Cool. <laughs> no, we... <laughs> uh, Break the Web is, is, is uh, it's called the service trademark. So it's, uh, oh my gosh. Yeah, just because uh, I was drunk and came up with the name Break the Web while hearing all the celebrities break the web. Um, that's amazing. I thought, uh, this would be cool. And yeah, there's a company I think called Laser Designs, L-A-Z-E-R, that was selling this and they can do custom engraving and 200 bucks later. That's amazing. That's the best $200 I think you've ever spent. 
I'm yeah. super jealous. I'll get drunk now and just start tossing you around. <laughs> Absolutely. See if it comes if it comes back, then you know you have a problem. Yeah. Or or a solution. I don't know. <laughs> it could be worthy. And save the world. Awesome. Well, thank you again, Jason. We're gonna be back with another episode next week. Thank you everybody for listening. Thanks, Andrew.